You can be praying for, uh, for Pastor John. He and, and his family got to go to Georgia to celebrate Thanksgiving. They're driving back right now. Uh, so be praying for his safe return. He will, he will be here next Sunday to kick off our, our December sermon series called The Gift, and we're looking forward to that. But I get the privilege of closing out our Three Things sermon series. And so I want you to um, imagine in your mind a spectrum of attitudes, and so on one side, we'll say this side, uh, is, uh, is gratitude or thankfulness. And then on the complete other side uh, is going to be grumbling, complaining, bitterness, right? So those are the extremes. Now for the uncomfortable part, where would you fit on that spectrum? Are you more of a thankful person? Are you more of a grumbler and a complainer? Are you somewhere in the middle? For sure, you're going to have days where you're way more on the thankfulness side of the spectrum. This past Thursday was probably one of those days. Thanksgiving is a good day to, uh, to be way more over here on the thankfulness side of things. Uh, but then there's also going to be those other days where every word out of your mouth, every attitude of our heart, every thought in our mind is bitter and it's grumbling and it's complaining. But as an average of who you are, where would you fit on the spectrum if, with those two extremes? Now for me, I, I know the answer for me. My wife just gave me a little smile because she knows the answer too. Um, and it's further from the thankfulness side than I'm comfortable sharing. Like I'm not, like I'm not standing where I think I am on the spectrum. Um, I, I'm further away from, from thankfulness as kind of the default position and attitude of my heart. And maybe you're like me. Maybe those first words, those first thoughts, most of the time don't move you toward thankfulness or gratitude. They move you towards grumbling and complaining. For the last few weeks, we've been, we've been studying um, this, this one little passage, these three verses in the book of 1 Thessalonians that, um, where, where Paul has three things. And what he says is these three things are the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. And so uh, one last time, I want us to read these verses in their entirety. Uh, and actually, they're going to be up on the screen. And I want you to read aloud with me. I know we don't normally do this, but I thought it's the day the youth minister preaches so we can do something different. It's fun. So uh, if you'll read with me from 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Now there are very few times in the Bible where the Bible actually says, this is God's will for your life. Which is interesting because I think that's what most of us want to know. What most of us want to know is what we're supposed to do, what we're supposed to do with our lives. Even if you don't, if, if you're here today, you're watching online, and you would say, I don't, I don't believe in God, I don't have a relationship with Jesus, you do probably spend a lot of time thinking about your future or thinking about the choices you need to make or just thinking about what am I supposed to do as a parent or what am I supposed to do as a spouse, and if you do have a relationship with God, uh, we tend to, you know, scour these pages looking for, again, what it is we're supposed to do because that's really what we want to know. I work primarily with students and they're, um, you know, I, I've got a group of seniors who are in the midst of this right now. Like everything is what am I supposed to do? What is God's will for me? Where do I go? You know, all of those kinds of questions. 
so the idea kind of behind this whole three things series was here is Paul unambiguously telling you what God's will for your life is. It's like Paul is saying, hey, here is what you're supposed to do. Here is God's will for your life in the broadest of strokes. And they are broad strokes. Students sometimes look at me disappointed when I say that the Bible doesn't often or ever tell you what college to go to. Doesn't ever tell you who you should marry. Doesn't ever tell you what job offer to accept, what house to buy, right? A lot of the things about God's will for your life are, and especially here in, in this passage, is uh, their attitudes, their character traits. They're not specific decisions, but those attitudes and those character traits will inform and guide the decisions that you have to make. And so in week one, we talked about joy, and, and that one makes sense. If we believe that God is good and that he loves us, it would make sense that he wants us to be joy-filled people. And last week we talked about prayer, and that one makes a certain amount of sense too. If we're in a relationship with God, it makes sense that a, a, a part of what we should be doing with our lives is consistently seeking him and communicating with him. And so today we come to the third one, which is uh, 100% planned to preach on Thanksgiving and gratitude, uh, the Sunday after Thanksgiving. So in your Bible, or if, you, if you're reading on your Bible app, I would encourage you to highlight, give thanks in all circumstances. And if you haven't highlighted verses 16 and 17, I just tell you to highlight or underline those as well. Those will, uh, th- that'll be a good reminder that will serve you well as you're reading your Bible. But if we have a relationship with God, if we are followers of Jesus, if we've aligned ourselves with who he is and what he taught, then the third thing that is God's will for our lives is thanksgiving. It's thankfulness. It's gratitude. We are to be people of gratitude. Now, I don't know if you're in the room or, or you're watching online today, I don't know where you're at with Jesus today. I don't know if you've got a relationship with him, if you're just kind of searching this morning, if you're here and you don't believe any of this. Um, whoever you are, wherever you're at, though, I, I want to, this morning, my intention is to uh, show you why choosing gratitude is God's will for your life. Because choosing gratitude can do some incredibly powerful things in your life. Choosing gratitude is one of those attitude choices you can make that will affect your day-to-day. It will impact your day-to-day significantly. Choosing gratitude, though, is also one of those things that in the moments where life is hard or where life is difficult, uh, it can make a pretty sizable impact in those areas as well when you're hurting and when you're feeling broken. Because whatever is going on in your life right now, God's will for you is to be moving towards this thankfulness side, be moving toward the gratitude thing. Right To make gratitude and thanksgiving and thankfulness as much the default position of your heart and your mind and your words as it can possibly be. But to get there, first we have to own this truth. And, and, uh, and this is important, is that gratitude is a choice. Gratitude is a choice. Thankfulness, thanksgiving, gratitude, it doesn't just happen. Right? Watch any kid open Christmas presents, and you will see that gratitude is not the default position of our hearts. Right? You ever watched a kid open, like at our house, we have four kids, and so as they're opening Christmas presents or birthday presents, we have to slow them down. Hold on. Don't move on to the next present yet. Look at the, make eye contact with the person who gave you the gift. Tell them thank you, because otherwise, they're going to blow right past gratitude and never do it. Right? 
But you watch that, and you're like, that's how we all are. We, we don't tend to default to gratitude. And as life happens, and, and when life gets hard, we're going to have to choose to be thankful. We might have to, to dig for it a little bit. But when we dig for it, here's what choosing gratitude can do for you and in your life. And one of the chief benefits to us when it comes to choosing gratitude is that it reminds us or brings us back to the goodness of God. Because no matter how dark the storm in your life is, no matter how much there is to be bitter and complain about, and there will always be plenty to be bitter and complain about, you can always be thankful for who God is and what he did for you through the cross of Jesus. And depending on what's going on in any of our lives at any given moment, we might really need those reminders. We might really need reminders like Ephesians 2, 4, and 5, which says, But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. You might need Romans 5, 8. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That is God's goodness towards you and me. No matter your brokenness, no matter how colossal your screw-ups are, no matter how dark the storm in your life is, God loves you and he wants to have a relationship with you. Bottom line. God loves you, and he wants to have a relationship with you. You could be the biggest cheater that has ever been in a relationship. You could be a literal murderer, and Jesus loves you, and he came and died to have a relationship with you. Because he loves you. So every day, no matter what is going on in your life, if you want to choose gratitude, you always have the love and goodness of God to be thankful for. If you can't find anything else in your world today to be thankful for, to show gratitude for, you have that. You have what God did for you through Jesus on the cross. He could have left us in our sin. He could have left us in our brokenness and, and headed for hell, but he didn't. He sent Jesus to rescue us, to forgive us, and to start a relationship with us. So when you're looking for things to be thankful for. Again, when you're trying to choose gratitude, the goodness of God and what he did through Jesus is a really good place to start. And for some, it might be the only place you can start. Your world might be in such pieces right now that the only thing you can come up with to be grateful for, the only thing you think you've got to be thankful for is God's goodness and what he did through Jesus. And you might even have to dig deep for that one. That might not necessarily rise right to the surface of your mind. Because there are seasons in life where just life hurts and everything feels broken. Your finances are a mess. Your marriage is in a rough patch. Sickness is invading your family. The kids don't listen. Your boss hates you. And the HOA just towed your car. That's not personal experience. I'm just, it happens. <laughs> and on any of those issues or all of those issues, 
sometimes it feels like God is silent. We pray and we pray and we pray and it seems like God is silent. But even if God isn't speaking or even seeming to directly intervene in your finances or in your marriage or in your car being towed, you can always be thankful for God's goodness to you through what Jesus did. It'll always be easier to grumble, but you can always be thankful for God's goodness. King David is actually a really uh, great model for us here. Uh, Many of David's psalms uh, are, are written from a place of bitterness, are written from a place of brokenness and pain and hurt. If you read the psalms that are attributed to David, a lot of them start out as very woe is me. My son is trying to kill me. King David is, or King Saul is trying to kill me. So and so is trying to kill me. Apparently, everybody wanted David dead. But the interesting part about those woe is me psalms is there's always a turn. It'll be, I'm complaining, I'm bitter, this feels unfair, this feels wrong, like I don't like this. But then there's always a turn where David intentionally chooses to thank God and praise God even while his situation is bad. You see, it's possible in the midst of darkness and storm when we feel hurt and broken to also be thankful that God sees, that God knows, and that God wants to have a relationship with you. If you don't have a relationship with Jesus, like I would tell you this applies to you as well, no matter how dark your world might be right now or how difficult it might be to find something to be thankful for, I will tell you that God is good, he loves you, and he's inviting you to a relationship that he wants to have with you. Like He, he desires a relationship with you. It's not something he has to do out of obligation. He wants to have a relationship with you. And you responding to that invitation means that, again, no matter what goes on in your world, whatever the circumstances are, you always have God and what he did in Jesus to be thankful for. Now, if you're you're really paying attention, you'll notice the rub of what I just said, or rather what I didn't say. Because while you always have God's love and goodness to be thankful for, I didn't say that makes everything better. I didn't say that it removes all of your reasons for grumbling, complaining, and bitterness. And that's because it doesn't. If thankfulness is a choice, that means you may have to make that choice even when it doesn't align with your reality. If thankfulness is a choice, you might have to make that choice when everything else around you is pointing to, hey, it's just easier to grumble, it's easier to complain, it's easier to be bitter. But here's the beauty. If you can make the choice to choose gratitude, if you can start there, if you dig deep and all you can find is, man, all I think I've got to be thankful for is God and his goodness. Making that choice consistently, what that's going to do is that's going to start to soften your heart. You see, pursuing gratitude softens a hard, cold, bitter heart. When we don't choose gratitude or when we actively choose just to be bitter and to grumble because, hey, that's what life is throwing at me today, our hearts become hard. 
They become hard towards God, forgetting what he's done for you in the past. They become hard towards other people, which means we're going to come off cold and, and bitter. A hard heart is a heart that can't rejoice. A hard heart is a heart that's not going to seek God through prayer. A hard heart doesn't default to gratitude. And, and maybe that's you right now. You're struggling to see anything to be thankful for. You, you cannot find anything to show gratitude for. And so it's just easier to live a bitter, grumbling, complaining life instead. And I, I don't fault you for that. If that's you this morning, I do not, like, I get it. I've been there. I've been there recently. But what I think God is inviting you, inviting me, inviting us to, is to make a, a different choice, a better choice, a healthier choice. In the Old Testament, God's people watched him deliver them powerfully from Egypt. Right, you have these plagues, you have the parting of the Red Sea. Like They watched God do miraculous things to get them out of bondage and slavery in Egypt. And then they're wandering around in this wilderness, and he's continuing to guide them and care for them and provide and do all of these things for them. They've seen God work powerfully. But every moment it got hard. They, it would just be easier to be bitter and to complain and they would do that, and they would do that, and they would do that, and it was hardening their hearts and hardening their hearts and hardening their hearts to a point where they get to a place where they say, it was better for us back in Egypt. This little bit of difficulty right now means it was better for us back in Egypt. And that hardness of heart, that forgetting God's provision in the past, really spelled disaster for some of them. There's an entire generation of them that walked out of Egypt in with the belief that they were going to get to see the promised land, God's blessing, and a generation of them died in the wilderness not getting to see that promised blessing because of their hardness of heart. That's why the psalmist in Psalm 95 says this, starting in verse 6. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. For he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. It means he's a He's a shepherd, which means he loves you, which means he's going to care for you. He's going to provide for you. He's going to guide you. Even if you as the sheep don't see it all the time or don't understand the choices the shepherd is making, he's good and he's there and he's done all this in the past. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as at Meribah, as on the day at Massah in the wilderness, when your fathers put me to the test and put me to the proof, though they had seen my work. Do not Harden your hearts. Israel had seen God work, but when it got hard, it was easier to be bitter than to choose gratitude. To even choose gratitude for things they watched God do. This is a generation that watched God part a body of water so they could walk through on dry ground and then collapse the body of water on top of the pursuing army. They saw that with their eyes but rather than choose gratitude in moments of difficulty, it was just easier to be bitter and to complain. Gratitude can be a difficult choice to make, depending on what your circumstances are. But it's also the remedy to our hearts becoming hard and bitter. But you've got to choose it. That's why it's a choice. 
Um, this past week, after six plus months of waiting, uh, we finally were able to, uh, we had a roof, kind of, um, that was full of holes. And after six plus months of waiting and working with people, we finally got a shiny new roof this week. It's very, it's very exciting. It's, I've never been more excited about anything in my life. Um, I won't tell you, I won't bore you with all the details, but it was a long time coming. And over the last six plus months, man, we've been talking to people. Janie's been talking to a lot of these companies and these people, and most of whom, they, just, they don't seem to care about us. They certainly don't seem to care about our situation. And what was really easy was to, uh, to, to start feeling bitter. It was really easy to start feeling bitter and to forget all the ways that God had provided in the past. But in moments where um, I had my wits about me, and I was able to make a choice to be grateful in those moments, what I would see happen in my own heart and in my own life was that bitterness would diminish. Yeah, the situation with our roof stinks and there's holes, and so every time it rained, it's like, okay, like, is this the moment, right? Is this the moment where it all comes falling down? Because multiple roofers came out to our house, and as they're, they're getting up on the roof and they're looking at the roof and they're coming down saying, yeah, you need a new roof, Okay, I knew that, thank you. Um, do you have internal sheetrock damage? No. You don't have any water leak in your house? No. How do you not have a water leak in your house? God's grace? It's uh, the best answer I can give you. Um, but like, that was a, a, a graduate thing. Yeah, it stinks that we had to wait six plus months and rainstorm after rainstorm with this holy roof. Not a good holy But when I could choose gratitude, like God was, God was in that. Didn't make it any more fun or, or, or take the stress off, but God was in that. And when I would choose gratitude, I would find that my heart would soften, not just to my situation, but to those people we were working with who are people trying to do a job, like I'm, try, like I'm a person trying to do a job. I also found my heart softening, if I'm honest, towards God, who in those bitter moments is like, God, why would you... You know, why would you saddle us with this broken roof? Bitterness was easy, but choosing gratitude was better. I'd encourage you to choose the hard right over the easy wrong. Hard hearts are dangerous to us. Hard hearts lead us to run from God, to ruin our relationships, and do things we never thought we were capable of. But when we can choose gratitude... Again, even if all you can be thankful for is God and his goodness, maybe especially if that's all you can find to be thankful for, that begins to soften your heart. And you'll see that bitterness and that grumbling and that complaining diminish and diminish and diminish. Now, um, now here may be the true superpower of choosing gratitude for you, though. So you start and you're going, I'm going to choose gratitude, and maybe all I've got is God and his goodness. And I make that choice, and I'm thankful that God is good to me and that God loves me. And that starts to soften your heart. And as your heart softens, then your perspective starts to shift. And where once all you could see was a desert with just a ton of things to grumble and complain about. All of a sudden, because of that perspective shift, because of the softened heart, because you have chosen to be grateful, even if all you've got is God, you see how much you have to be thankful for. We start with thankfulness for God and our hearts soften and we realize, you know, 
It's tough right now, but I'm thankful for my spouse. And yeah, you know, the kids are not listening, but I'm grateful I get to be their dad. And yeah, we've got this sickness issue that we're dealing with, but we're here and we're breathing. The money is tight for sure, but I have immeasurably more than most of the world. Yeah, work is hard, but I'm thankful I get to provide for my family. And all of a sudden, we see that there's way more to be thankful for. Even the hard things, if from the right perspective, can be things that we choose to be thankful for. We start to see things in a different light, or we start to see good things that were always there that the storm or the difficulty or the bitterness was trying to hide from us. And all of that happens because we take that first step of choosing to be grateful, choosing to be thankful for God and all he's done for us. Psalm 105 says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the peoples. Sing to him. Sing praises to him. Tell of all his wondrous works. Glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his presence continually. Remember the wondrous works that he has done, his miracles and the judgments he uttered. As we give thanks, even if just all you've got, all you think you've got is God and what he's done for you, very quickly your eyes will be opened to seeing that you have a lot of other things to be grateful for. And that gratitude is going to empower you to rejoice always. And that gratitude, that choosing gratitude in all circumstances, being able to rejoice always, is going to lead you and empower you to pray without ceasing to the God who can provide and deliver. We choose to try and be grateful, uh, and again, consistently doing that, it's going to soften your heart a little bit, and your perspective will shift a little bit. And then what that's going to do is that's going to lead you back to being grateful for God and his goodness again, which is going to soften your heart more, which is going to shift your perspective more. And the whole time, it's just slowly, incrementally bringing you away from bitterness and grumbling and towards thanksgiving and gratitude. It's very much kind of the snowball effect thing. Not long ago, Janie and I were talking about... um, these memorial stones or stones of remembrance that you see in the Old Testament story. If you're not familiar with what I'm talking about, um, basically what would happen is God would deliver his people in the Old Testament um, from something. He would bless them in some kind of way. And what the people would do is they would basically take a stack of rocks and literally stack them on top of one another and say, like, here is our memorial stone for this moment or for this moment or for this moment. And these were to be an aid for future generations to be able to remember um, to remember God's goodness in the past. So what would happen is you'd be what, you, what was supposed to happen is you'd be walking with your kid, and your kid would say, "Dad, what's up with these stack of rocks?" And the dad is supposed to be like, "Well, son, this is to help us remember and to memorialize when God led us here or brought us through this situation or defeated." this enemy for us. And as our family, um, 
you know, if you don't know, we're, we're kind of in the midst of a little bit of a difficult season, specifically with my wife's health. And there are days where it's just, it's hard to be grateful. It's super hard to find things sometimes to be thankful for. So what we've, what we've kind of had to do, why we talked about this, this whole stones of remembrance thing, was we've had to kind of go back and retroactively set up some. But when, we, when we've done that and when we can look back and be reminded of what God has done, it protects us from hardened hearts and bitterness. And it softens our hearts. And it, as it softens our hearts, it gives us proper perspective on all that we do have to be grateful for. Which then brings us back to God's goodness, even though our situation hasn't changed. With the understanding that, you know what, maybe our situation doesn't change. Your circumstances may never change. And there will always be so many things to grumble and complain about. But God's will for your life is not bitterness and grumbling. God's will for you and for me is the attitude that we call gratitude. No matter the circumstance, God wants for us to be thankful, grateful people. To choose to be thankful, grateful people, no matter the circumstance. So that's all well and good, but like, how does that, how does that impact going back to work or school tomorrow? How does that impact lunch in about 15 minutes? I'm going to get you out of here early today, I think. You're welcome. Uh, your next step today, everybody's next step today is to make thankfulness your attitude, to make thankfulness the def- a more, of, more of a defining attitude in your life every day. To move wherever you would have placed yourself on that spectrum further towards gratitude and away from grumbling and bitterness and to do that consistently. That's your next step. That's not a very helpful next step because I'm not telling you how to do anything. So let me, I'm gonna get, so here's what we're gonna do today. Uh, I'm gonna give you a specific thing to do this week that I want you to do. And if you, can, if you will do this thing, if you will commit to do this thing for the next seven days, what I promise is it will move the needle on thankfulness as your attitude this week if, if you will do this. And it's pretty simple. And you can probably guess where I'm gonna go with this. I want you to make an inventory every day for the next seven days of what you're thankful for. I want you to make a list. I know that's, I know that's earth-shattering. You're, 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 you're so amazed in this huge revelation. The chances are good that you probably did something like this this past Thursday. Right? Thanksgiving Day is a good day to make a list of things we're thankful for. But one day a year, one day a month, one day a week isn't going to cut it in making gratitude a defining attitude in your life. Making a gratitude inventory is going to be most beneficial to you when it's a daily practice. So I want you to prioritize it this way. I want you to prioritize making a list daily of what you have to be grateful for. And maybe you start, you start today, you start tomorrow, and on day one, and maybe it's a rough season, and all you've got is God. All you th- feel like you can write down is God's goodness. Cool. Excellent. Great list. Great place to start. If that's you, though, and, and you feel like, man, that is all I can write down today because everything else hurts and everything else is broken and I'm so tired and I'm so defeated. Write down God's goodness. But then I would encourage you to, uh, to specify. <laughs> Don't just write down God's goodness. What specifically about God's goodness? 
Jesus died on the cross to save me from my sins. That's one thing. God hears me when I pray. That's two things. God created me and loves me. That's three or four, depending on how you want to count it. You get specific about God's goodness. You flesh out what, what God's goodness is to you and what God's goodness has done for you. And all of a sudden, we're like, I only have the one thing. You've got five, six, seven, eight, nine things. But start there. Start with God's goodness if that's, if that's all you've got. Day one, God's goodness. And then do it again the next day. Maybe the list grows. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe it's just day two is God's goodness again. But do it again the next day. And your heart's going to soften a little bit. And the list grows. And you do it the next day. And your heart softens a little bit more. And your perspective shifts a little bit. And the list grows. Uh, I think the last time I preached, I, I talked about how... Um, when I go for a run, uh, I don't run with music or a podcast or a book anymore. I run in silence. Uh, I, I don't take anything. I, I just go for a run. Uh, and what that has morphed into for me uh, completely, I mean, I started this months ago, so God knew what I was going to preach on, um, was uh, it's morphed into like an hour of me just getting to focus in on what I'm grateful for. And in the beginning, when I started doing this, some days it was however long the run was, and the only thing on my list as I'm sitting there mulling it over in my mind trying to continue to breathe and run these miles is I've got God's goodness. That's it. But consistently, I, do, I did it, and I did it, and I did it, and I did it. And I got God's goodness and, and Jesus and all that he's done for me, and then it led to my family, and then it led to my job and the house and all these other blessings and things I have to be thankful for. And by the end of the hour or however long I run, now I, I, I've listed so much that I have to be thankful for, so much that I have to be grateful for. A lot of times I get up and I, and I uh, have a bitter attitude about running. It's one of those things like, I know I need to do this. I don't want to go do this, but I know I need to do this. But then I spend an hour doing that and I come back and I'm much more grateful. I have a much more grateful perspective. So make an inventory this week. I would encourage you to actually write it down. Don't like try and file it away in the steel trap, right? Actually write down, pull up a note on your phone that you can just keep a running list of the things you have to be grateful for this week. Or if you're more of a paper person, get you a little uh, pocket notebook, like this field notes one that fits right in your pocket and just keep it with you. And at the end of the day or throughout the day, just write down each day things you have to be grateful for. I've been, uh, I've been working on my list uh, this week so I could actually uh, practice what I was going to challenge you to do and so I could show you um, just how varied this list could be. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read a little bit of my list to you. Um, so Jesus is on my list. My wife and my kids are on my list. Mm, our students are on my list. Uh, apple pie is on my list. Uh, if you know me, this will not be a surprise. Uh, Chick-fil-A sweet tea is on my list. Uh, <laughs> my kids know what's up. Um, and oh, here's a good one. Um, I'm thankful, I'm grateful um, that it is now after Thanksgiving, which is the appropriate time to listen to Christmas music. I'm thankful for that, right? But make a list, make the inventory. Do it daily. 
And you know what? You have my permission to get silly with it if you need to, right? Because maybe in your mind, you're like, man, I know I have things to be thankful for. But like, I can write down God's goodness, no problem. Like, I got that, I believe that. I know there's more here, but like, I'm struggling to think of what it is. Maybe as an adult, we just need to embrace that childlike stuff a little more, get a little silly with the list. I love um, uh, that, uh, that every week on Fridays on The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon, he writes thank you notes on the air live, and he gets very, very silly with them. Uh, once he thanked Cookie Dough for being a combination of two things that he loved, dessert and not having to cook dessert. Some of you know what's up. That's silly, right? Like that, and he's a comedian. He gets paid to do that, right? But I also, having watched the man, I, I believe he's actually thankful for that. Some of you are thankful for that. It's silly, but maybe if life is hard and you just need to be thankful for cookie dough one day, you'd be thankful for cookie dough one day. We were, my kids didn't know this, but we were practicing doing this all week at bedtime as a part of our family devotion time. In addition to having them pray and we're reading the Bible, I would ask them, hey, what are you thankful for today? And uh, the other night, um, one of my kids just said, I'm thankful for mashed potatoes. Which is cool, mashed potatoes are good. We didn't have mashed potatoes for dinner that night. We hadn't had mashed potatoes all week or the week prior, or the week prior. We haven't had mashed potatoes in a while. She was just like, I was like, hey, what are you thankful for? And the first thing she had was, I'm thankful for mashed potatoes. That counts. That counts. Dig deep on this inventory. The more you do it, the more you choose gratitude over complaining, I promise you'll become a more naturally thankful person. You'll choose and you'll default to gratitude more, which is God's will for your life. Um, and you know what? I'll challenge you to do one more thing for bonus points this week. We read in Psalm 105, and it, what, one of the things that Psalm 105 said was, hey, declare the good works of the Lord to other people, was essentially what it was saying. It's like, hey, find what you're thankful for, find the things that God has done, and tell other people about it. And so as you're making your inventory this week, I want you to share it. I want you to reach out to other people and share stuff that's on your inventory. You don't even have to tell them you're doing it. Right? Just call up a friend, and apropos of nothing, say, hey, I'm thankful for this thing. Now, you could call up a friend, and you could say, hey, I'm thankful for you. Probably make their whole day. Right? But it doesn't have to be them. It can be anything from your list. I could call up, I could call up Jeremy Shell and be like, hey, man, I just want to let you know that I am thankful for the Charlie Brown Christmas album by Vince Guaraldi Trio. Because it's something I'm thankful for, and it's Christmas music time, and I like, that, I like that album, right? And then Jeremy can do whatever he wants with that information. Probably nothing. Probably just think I'm weird. But share. Share what you're thankful for with others. And I want you, I, I want you to let me know what you're thankful for this week. So I'm going to open myself up here. We'll put this up on the screen. So uh, that is my email. The top number is my cell phone. The bottom number is the office phone. I also have a stack of my business cards on the offering box. I want every person in this room this week to find a way to tell me something you are thankful for this week. Something from your inventory, I want you to tell me. Text me, call me, stop by the office. I want you to share what you're thankful for with me and with others this week.
because um, as it turns out, kind of, I don't know how much John intended this to happen, but the first week, um, does anybody remember like maybe the, what was most, the most memorable line from his sermon on joy? Joy is a y'all thing. And then the next week, he said, hey, you know what? Prayer is a y'all thing too. Well, as it turns out, gratitude and choosing gratitude is a y'all thing too. So the bonus point challenge is share what you're thankful for with people who aren't in your family. Like call up a friend, call up, call John this week and just, again, don't tell him what you're doing. Just call up John and tell him something you're thankful for. That'll bless his day. The bottom line is that God's will for your life is to be thankful in all circumstances. Gratitude is a choice. And it's a choice that is not dependent on whatever you're going through. When life is good, give thanks. When life is hard, dig deep and give thanks. You are always able to be grateful for God and all that he's done for you. And when you start there, your heart will soften, your perspective will change, and you'll see that there is actually a lot to be thankful for. Your circumstances may never change, but your attitude in the situation your attitude when life gets crazy and things feel broken and things are hurting, your attitude can absolutely change. And the way to make that change, I think God, part of why thankfulness and gratitude is God's will for your life is to be able to change that. Gratitude can change your life. So let's, let's get started with that today. Will you pray with me? Father God, we have so much to be thankful for. Lord, we can start simply with your son and his death on the cross that rescues us from sin. Uh, but Lord, what your word also says is that um, every good thing we have comes from you. And God, sometimes we're going to have to dig deep to find those things. Sometimes we're going to have to dig deep to feel gratitude towards anything because sometimes life hurts. But God, I help, I, my prayer for all of us this morning is that we would walk out these doors realizing that gratitude is a choice. And that no matter our circumstances, no matter how hard the day or the week is, God, that we can choose to be grateful, we can choose to be thankful, that that's your will for us, God. That's how we can honor you, is to choose gratitude when it would be easier to grumble and complain. God, help us today to choose the hard right of choosing gratitude over the easy wrong of being bitter and complaining. God, I, I trust and I pray that you are big enough and powerful enough to do that in each of our lives today. Lord, we love you. We pray you are glorified as we sing one more song this morning. In your name we pray, amen. Would you stand and sing with us?